everyone who shared special music with us this morning. We wanted to have just a little bit different day. It's a special day. It's it's the day of resurrection, and you thought might think, well, that doesn't really mean that much. It means everything. It means everything, and we're going to talk about that this morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Philippians chapter 3. And this is Paul speaking. Let's all stand in honor of God's word. We're going to begin reading with verse 8. Let's read first. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. I love this part. It says, I can do what it says I can do. I want you to hear that this morning because the word says that there is some power that we can have this morning, and I want us to remember that. So let's begin reading with verse 8 today. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection in my life and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. I want to read to you the last verse in the Amplified Bible. That if possible, I may, and he's talked about this, I want to know the, re, the power of the resurrection of Christ. That if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me, that lifts me up out from among the dead, even while in the body. That means now. It's not something far off. It means that there's power of resurrection in our bodies right now. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Let's pray. Father, right now, I just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds. Father, I pray that you would speak to each person here this morning. Father, I pray that you would reach out to that person who doesn't know you this morning, that they would somehow seek to want to come to know you this morning and know what the power of resurrection can do in their life. Father, I pray for the church this morning. Father, we are the hands and feet of of you, and we reach out to the world. And Father, the church needs the power of resurrection in it in order to be the church that you've called us to be. And so this morning, Father, in these next moments, open up your word and speak to our heart. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Name. Amen. Paul says, I want to know the power of the resurrection in my life. And I want to know now. It sounds like it sounds good, doesn't it? To have power over the grave. We all are glad this morning. We all celebrate that death has been defeated and the power to bring us peace over the grave. It's a wonderful thing to have peace. Uh, during a time of someone that has passed away to be given uh, peace over the grave because of power of the resurrection. Most everyone here has at some time or another felt the peace 
of knowing that grace, that, uh, that uh, God's grace has uh, covered sins and that a loved one is not in the grave but has, has slipped on into heaven and we know the power of resurrection and feel the uh, peace that that gives. When you've been sitting uh, and you're at the end of someone's life, your mother, your father has passed away and it gives you great peace knowing that they know the Lord, doesn't it? Maybe your spouse has passed away. Maybe you've lost a child at some time in your life. Maybe you've lost a brother or a sister or just a friend or a sibling or a husband or whatever. And there's nothing that can give you peace except knowing that they knew Jesus. That's the power of resurrection. If it was just the grave, if the grave grave was the end, then nothing would really matter, would it? There wouldn't be anything that would would matter at all in life. I mean, if all we had to do was live and die and that was done, you might as well do whatever you want to. You might as well uh, get as much as you can and do whatever you want to till it kills you or someone else does. Might as well uh, do it all before you go because at the grave, that's going to be the end of it. But that's not the way that it is. We believe that there's more to life than just this, that, the, that this is not the only thing and that there is something on past. And, and the word says it, it is knowing that there is, a, there is something after that, that gives us hope, knowing that, that an afterward, knowing that there's something after makes the life that we live have meaning. If all there is is living and dying and it's over with, then there's not much meaning there, is there? But if there is something that goes on after that, then everything matters. Everything I say, everything I do, the the legacy I hand on to my children means everything because that means eternity is real. If the way I live matters, then I have to to find out what, what is truth. And in all of history, man has believed and had a belief in the back of his mind that there has to be something more than just this, that there is life after death. Even the pagans believe that there is some sort of life after death. People have been making up religions for years and years trying to to, uh, give meaning to and define what happens after death. Every religion claims that whatever they, they, they think is true is truth. And uh, the truth is no one could say they were wrong until Jesus came out of the grave. I want you to think this morning, there's a little room over here that says storage room. And I would say that probably 90% of you have never been in that storage room. Let's just imagine this morning that that room is death. And for years and years and centuries, people have been saying what is on the other side of that door And then they walk through it and nobody gets to hear what is really there. And you just have to believe it by faith. Muhammad came and walked through the door of death and never came back to tell anybody if what he said was true. You ever think about that? Buddha and Hinduism says, this is what happens on the other side of that door. But nobody ever comes back and tells you if it's true or not, do they? You never see a Hindu come back. You never see hear of a Buddhist coming back. That you just have to take, you want to talk about faith. Faith is someone saying that's what's behind that door and you're never talking to anybody that's ever been there after death. They just walk through, all other religions walk through the door and you never get to hear if anything's different. But I've got good news this morning. Jesus walked through the door. He walked in there and stayed three or four days and walked out and goes, what's up? I've been there. I can get you through it. 
If you join me, there is more than just walking through the door. He is the only one who has ever been resurrected. Everyone says they know what's there, but Jesus has been there, and he's the only way through this morning. And when Jesus walks out of the grave, then everything he says is true. Everything the other guys say, there's no way to know. Jesus, there is no, there is, I know there's faith. I understand this, but there's not much faith involved. Jesus walked out of the grave. 500 people saw him. That doesn't take a whole lot of faith to believe. Jesus took all the faith out of it when he walked out of the grave and people saw him alive. And so that makes everything he says is true. If he doesn't come back to life, then he's a liar. If he doesn't come back to life, he's not the way. If he doesn't come back to life, he's not the truth. And everything he says is a lie. If he doesn't come back to life, he's not the life. There is no life in him. But praise God, Jesus does come back. He does come back. He is the son of God. And if he does come back, which he did, then everything he says is true. If he does come out of the grave, then he is the way. If he does come out of the grave, then he is the life. If he does come out of the grave, he is the truth. And we can follow him out of the grave as well. If he does come out of the grave, then there is eternal life. And if he does come out of the grave, then he is the truth. And everything that he says, everything that the prophet says, everything that this Bible says is true because he quoted it and said, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. And I'm going to come up out of the grave. And when he did, that made it all true, folks. Do you understand that? When he comes out, that makes it true today. And so that's where he is. And so I either must accept this or reject it. If this is truth and he, when he comes out, he is truth. And so I either have to say, yes, I will accept what Jesus says or no, I will reject what he says. If Jesus come out of the grave, then all, then he really does have power over death and he really is my way to eternal life. And that is the great news. That means that the Bible is true. That means that heaven is real. There's a movie going out that heaven is real, but, but if he comes out of the grave, then, then we get to spend eternity there and heaven is real. It also means that hell is real too, because the Bible talks about heaven. The Bible talks about hell, but we like to talk about heaven, don't we? We sure do like to talk about heaven. Resurrection means that heaven is possible. Resurrection means that heaven is possible for those who are the followers of Jesus. If Jesus knows the way to heaven, then I've got to follow him. And heaven means, and Jesus means that heaven is possible. Heaven is a place with no sorrow in it. Won't that be a nice place where you're never crying, nobody ever hurts your feelings? That'll be wonderful. There's not going to be any dying in heaven. Won't that be wonderful? We won't have to go any funerals. I tell you, I've been to enough funerals in my lifetime. But it's because of the power of the resurrection, there'll be no death in heaven. There'll be no funerals. I've attended way too many funerals. I've done way too many funerals in my life. I've stood beside too many gravesides as people said goodbye. Too many friends and loved ones in my life. But I'm telling you folks, there will be no funerals in heaven. I don't know what in the world the Frakers are going to do, but they're going to be bored in heaven. He better drive that black thing as long as he can here because he ain't driving it in heaven. There ain't going to be no funerals. The days are going to be out of business. They'll be sitting around twiddling their thumbs. I don't know what to do. 
Because there will be no funerals in heaven. There'll be no death in heaven because of the power of the resurrection. There'll be no sickness. Don't you hate being sick? Your body hurts, you feel bad. Some of you deal with chronic pain and sickness all the time. But I've got good news for you this morning. Not in heaven. That pain that has plagued you your whole life or part of your life or some of your life, it will not be in heaven because of the power of the resurrection. There'll be no pain. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no loneliness in heaven. I don't think I've ever had to deal with loneliness, but some people have to. Some people, their loved one that they've lived with for years and years and years has passed on before them. And the one that they have been so close to all their life, all of a sudden their half of them is gone and they know what loneliness is. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to tell you what, there'll be no loneliness in heaven. The word says that everybody knows us just as we are. We'll all know each other. I tell you what, I stumble around every Sunday morning trying to figure out whose people's names is. And I apologize. I probably call you all different kinds of names, but anyway, just deal with me and help me. But that won't be the way it is in heaven. I'll be able to walk up to you and I'll say, I know exactly who you are. And we'll be able to call each other by name. All of our brothers and sisters that have gone on before us, all the people that are in the church of the Nazarene over in Papua New Guinea that are our brothers and sisters that I know, I will know them in heaven and they will know me. I'll still be the big fat white guy and that's what I'll be. I don't know. I hope I, there ain't going to be no fat in heaven. I hope so. <laughs> but we do know that Jesus ate fish. So I don't know. Anyway, there'll be no sickness, no lonely. There'll be no sin. Man, won't that be a nice place? Think about that. No sin in heaven. No more high insurance because people steal everything. You'll be able to leave your mansion door unlocked because nobody's going to come in and steal your stuff. You won't have to have security on your computer because there won't be no hackers in heaven. There won't be no the Facebook in heaven. I don't think it's of God, so I think it's going to be gone. There won't be no people getting their feelings hurt because there won't be no Facebook in heaven. There'll be no gossip, no slander, no lying. You won't have uh, anything like that. Everybody going to love everybody in heaven. And it's a wonderful place. Won't heaven be great? We can't wait to get to heaven because when we die and all of a sudden we're taken away and we're in heaven, then we'll understand once and for all the power of resurrection because in heaven, then we'll understand the power of resurrection. Boy, I hate to think that we have to wait till then. And Paul did too. Paul seems to think, and by the way he acts here, he seems to think, you know, we don't have to wait to die to feel the power of the resurrection. Paul says, I want to know, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know it here and now. And this word here, know, means gnosko, which means an intimate knowledge of, means that you can know that, that, that uh, it, it represents the love between a, a, a man and a wife. I know, Cindy, I know how she thinks. I know when she looks at me, whether I'm in trouble or I'm not. I know her. I know what her reaction is going to be to my most everything that you could ask me. If you ask me anything, I would say, yes, no, yes, no, this is the way it is. We went over to Israel and we was eating in a buffet there and they had a lot of food that looked like one thing and tasted like something else. 
And one night, uh, my sister got something, and, and uh, Cindy goes, oh, that looks good. And she said, taste that, Brian. So I tasted it, and I said, you won't like it. And Sherry goes, well, how do you know? I said, I just know she won't like it. She goes, well, how do you know? I said, because I know, and she won't like it. And Cindy said, I ain't eating it. If he says I don't like it, because I know her. They had some brownies, and Cindy got a brownie, and it looked just like a brownie. It was made of fig you ever have your mind going one way, you're thinking something's going to taste one way, and then you put it in your mouth, and it's, I was with Sammy Roast last year, we went fishing, and we, I ordered sweet tea, and he ordered Dr. Pepper, and somehow or another, we got them switched in the cup holders, and he was going along, and he went, <laughs> he goes, my mind was thinking Dr. Pepper, but my mouth tasted sweet tea, and you just, Bleh. I know what she likes, because I know her. And, the, and Paul says that we can know this power, this power that gives us power to be uh, raised from the dead, this power that gives us life. Paul says we can know it because it's not a thing. It's not some thing off in the, in the future. It's a person. It's the person of God. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the person of Jesus Christ. Paul says we can know him. That's where resurrection power comes from. It's not something. It's someone. It's God. And we can know him and, and have the power of the resurrection in our life. It says to intimate, that we intimately know him. In verse 10 and 11, it says, it says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power overflowing from his resurrection. Paul says, the more you know God, the more you'll know the power in your life. And we say, well, I, I want to know God. How do you get to know God? Well, how did I get to know Cindy? Years and years of, of being together and being around her and trying to listen to her and trying to understand her. We come and think that, that I'm going to know God because I, I came and seen, seen uh, some singing on Sunday or heard a, heard a message on Sunday. I'm going to tell you what, if you only talk to God for an hour on Sunday, you're not going to know God the way that Paul says you should know him. Paul says this is an everyday thing that I stop and talk. How do you think things would go at my house if, if, Cindy, if I got up in the morning and Cindy goes, hi, Brian, I went, and walked on. I'd know the back of her hand probably pretty quick. That wouldn't go very good, would it? Start, start blowing off your wife and see how that goes. See how that relationship, it's not going to work so well. Well, you start blowing off reading the word. Start blowing off praying. God wants to pray. Wants you to pray so that you can know him, so that you can know his heart, so you can know what hurts him, so you can know what he's thinking about, so you can know people that Christ is trying to work in, and he wants you to come alongside and help along with that. But if we don't talk to him, if we don't pray, if we don't read our word, how in the world are we going to know him? But we can know him. Paul says we don't have to wait till heaven. I love this verse, verse 11, that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out of among the dead, even while in this body. Paul says I can know the power of resurrection now. I can know the power of resurrection in my life now. Paul is saying that we can have the power of Christ in our bodies now, even before. We don't have to wait to get to heaven. 
to know the power of resurrection in our life. That's good news this morning. We don't have to wait to heaven. I think Christians think, well, I, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and now I'm just waiting to die. Well, that's junk. Jesus seeks to work in your life right now. Jesus wants to work and work in you and work through you to draw others into himself so that they can know the power of the resurrection. It's not, I'm going to wait until I die something. It's right now. He wants to do it in us right now while I'm in this body. Why would he say that? Because it's true. He's seen the power of resurrection. He's felt it in himself. He has talked to the disciples and the ones that have followed Jesus. This last few weeks, we've been talking about the miracles of Christ. How did Jesus speak into the family that had the troubles at the, at the wedding? They needed to have wine and he turned the water into wine. What turned the water into wine? The power of the resurrection. That was the power. It was the same power. He was walking on water and calming the storm. What was it that calmed the storm? The power of the resurrection. It was not the power of a mercury outboard that got him walking on the water. It was the power of the resurrection. Boy, I'd like to have the power of the resurrection on the back of my boat keep me going. Mine kind of sputters every now and then. If I had the power of the resurrection, whoo, I'd fly down the lake. Jesus did all these miracles by the power of the resurrection. Jesus knew the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And we too can know the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus says that we can be made holy. Jesus died on a cross and took all of our sin and took all of our punishment so that we could be brought back into a right relationship with God. He did that on Friday and then he walked through the door and then on Sunday he came out and he said, it's the power of the resurrection. You can't touch me. You can't hold me down. I can get you through. I can do it. And it's the same power all the way throughout. We can know the power of the resurrection that Jesus used to overcome temptation. We, we talked uh, this week about the temptation of Jesus while he was in Gethsemane. Jesus prayed for 40 days and 40 nights and fasted at the first part of his ministry. And Satan came and tempted him. How did Jesus overcome the power of temptation? because of the power of the resurrection. How did Jesus in the garden, when, when everything's coming in on him, he's facing death and everybody else was running, Jesus stood up and said, I am he. Where did he get that power? It was the power of the resurrection, the power of God in his life. And we can know the same power in our lives. We can have the same power that Jesus had to overcome temptation. Everybody's, oh, oh there's so much temptation in the world. Oh, I can't make it through temptation. I just can't make it through temptation. Not by yourself, you can't. But praise God, the word says I can have the power of the resurrection in me. The same power that helped Jesus overcome temptation can overcome temptation in my life as well. We had, the, had everybody up here last week talking about the miracles. Didn't you love that? that was, I love that. And Alan stood up here and said, I had a, I had a problem with smoking. Had, a, had to have some power to overcome that, didn't you, Alan? That was the power of the resurrection. It was real, wasn't it, Alan? Something real came into his body and said, this is the moment I am done. He had never been able to do that on his own power, but the power of the resurrection cured him once and for all for that. Brooke gave the testimony of her dad and how the, for years that sin had had a hold of him and just drug him down and wouldn't let go. 
Well, how do you get over 40 years of sin? How do you get over 40 years of temptation? How do you get over 40 years of that? That's a lot of power that Satan has over someone's life. But the power of the resurrection reached down and pulled him out. The power of the resurrection. Tony talked about in his own life that he had pride in his life, that he didn't, he wanted to do things his own way. How did you overcome that? The power of the resurrection comes and helps us to overcome that. How, how do you have a family whose home burns and they lose everything and, and all of a sudden they're restored back to normal by complete strangers? Who in the world does that nonsense? Huh? The power of the resurrection, right, David? That's what God does. It changes people and they say, oh, well, I got some stuff. I'll give to them. Nobody does that. What do we do? I'm going to keep my stuff. Nobody getting my stuff. Power of the resurrection makes things not mean as much anymore, does it? It makes you more free to give. How come, how come, how come Christian people are the most gracious giving people? Because it's the power of the resurrection in their life. God's changed them. They're not worried about anything. God's going to take care of me. He walked in the door. He walked back out. Everything's going to be okay. All my stuff is his. He can take care of me. Because of the power of the resurrection in our life. We, talk about, uh, we talked about the power. Uh, how, how are any of us? able to quit sinning it's by the power of the resurrection and and for years we've talked about in the church that resurrection is something that we have to wait till we die for before we can experience that well paul says that's baloney paul says you can experience that same power now do you know the same power that that happened all in all those miracles god seeks to do in the lives of you and me do you know he wants to do that do you, not, do you think that God just saved all that for Jesus? Jesus told his disciples, he said, I can hardly wait to be sanctified because then you're going to do the same things I do. He was just giddy about it. He's like, I can't wait. I can't wait till the Holy Spirit comes in you and you'll be able to do all this stuff. You think it was just for those disciples? No. You don't think God seeks to move in, in the power of the resurrection in your life and in my life? Don't you think he wants to see things happen in your home that your kids can see the power of the resurrection in their mom and dad? Don't you think God still wants to do that? I do. Don't you think that there's a, there's a room in the town of Marshfield for the people that watch us when we work and watch us when we go to school and watch us when we're outside and going through and driving and doing whatever else we do? Don't you think they want to see the power of the resurrection, something good poured out in a community? God does. God wants to see the power of the resurrection through the church of the Nazarene, through the Baptist church, through the Assemblies of God church. He does not look at him saying, well, you know, I just don't like them. Now he goes, oh, I would love to use you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what the sign says out in front of your church. I would love to use you if you would just believe. If you would just believe that I want to use the power of resurrection in you and, and can give that to you. If you just do it. The same power that raised Lazarus from the grave was what was in Jesus when he came up out of the grave. And it's the same power that Paul says we can have. A power to overcome temptation. A power to overcome habits. A power to overcome personality flaws or character issues. 
How many times have you heard someone say, well, you know, I was just born this way, you know? My dad was redheaded, and so I'm redheaded, and I have a bad temper because that's just the way we were born. Sorry. Be born again. That's what Jesus says. Be born again. By the power of the resurrection, die to that old redheaded temper you got and get over it and be resurrected new. That's the power of the resurrection. That's what Jesus says. Don't go around waiting to die to experience the power of the resurrection. Pray that God would let you be like Paul is and experience right now, even while in this body. Right now. Is that not exciting, church? That's exciting to me. I read this this week, and it just, I got all giddy. I thought God wants to do this now. He's not waiting for something way off in the future. He wants to do this now. The the, the power of the resurrection is not something far off in in the future heaven, but it is to be experienced right now in your life and my life. I want you to stand this morning. I'm going to have a, just a short altar service here this morning, but I feel like the Lord would have us to open it for just a second. Come, Lance. Anybody here need some life spoken to their life? Maybe you have a marriage that is dead and you need the power of the resurrection there. Maybe you have kids who have turned away from God and you desperately need the power of the resurrection in their life or you've got a situation at your home or in your job or something and you need the power of resurrection now you say pastor I don't need a touch from God when I die I'm living it right now and good news is the word says you can have it now Paul says the power of the resurrection is for today I mean, I'm glad, I am so glad that I have the hope of heaven and a future for heaven. But I'm telling you what, I need God working in my life today. I need God working in my kid's life today. I need God working in the church that I pastor today. Thank God for heaven. Thank God for a future home. But we need him now, don't you? Don't you need God in your life now to overcome the things, whatever you're facing Surely I'm not the only person who needs God right now. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I've preached a big, wide swath here this morning that could reach anybody, and I don't know what God's laying on your life. But if you need the power of the resurrection in your life this morning, we're going to open up the altar for just a moment. We're not going to hesitate long. If you'd say, Pastor, I need the power of resurrection in my life right now, come and pray this morning as we sing.